G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funder, joined by one on location. Three is Alex. How we doing, man? <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of a technical difficulties, but we're here. Alex has uh, got himself a workaround, and uh, Alex received something in the mail today. Yes, so Chris has me on the video scope right now, and he can see that I've got Ketis on my lap. I got a little package, and all I was told is that I've got something arriving, and I'm, I don't know what it is. Yep. So, let's open this up. <laughs> what is it, my friend? It is tie-dye Fruity's Ultimate Game Show Beanie. Holy shit, this is so good. Is it comfy for the winter? <laughs> Fuck yeah, she fits. Well, that's the main thing. <laughs> she fits. I've got a big-ass head, too, so... Fuck yeah, that's so good. Might have to run through the wash once. <laughs> I might have to, actually, yeah. I genuinely needed a new beanie, so that's awesome. Yeah, and now when you go to the post office, you won't get confused for an employee as much as we love post. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, oh, yes. Man, that's Me and awesome. Alex have the... The first bits of a wrestling old style merch. Uh, Alex has himself a, a Fugs beanie there. Mine will be so arriving tomorrow. So good. Yeah. Oh, what to... do you reckon, Ketis? Fit you? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's, take he's that off. <laughs> uh, you turn your turn your video off, mate. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, Bit of a surprise for you, putting up with me all this time. Uh, what do you think? Fucking amazing, dude. It's actually really good quality, too. Good, that's what I wanted. <laughs> so at the I moment... like the stitching of the logo on it. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, you'll have to take take a couple of photos that are... Send me that... Um, send me that... Uh, send me photos of that. Jeez. It's not even that <laughs> late and I'm not even drinking yet. Jeez. Okay, uh, I suppose we should get <laughs> into matters at hand, but uh, yes, was merch coming soon to the humans who wish to purchase themselves some. Uh, this little bit here, just a, a test run to see how the quality is. It's got Alex's seal of approval. I should yeah, be uh, yeah. getting mine shortly, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, Alex, should we jump into the news? Because there is a lot of news. Um, wow. Yeah, a lot going on. Um, yeah, we might as well dive in. Okay, uh, so I'm not sure where you want to start, but I'm going to start locally first and then work our way uh, stateside, I guess you could say. Sure. Okay, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling Oceano Cup at Wagga Wagga is replaced by Impact Wrestling and Conrad's Oceania Pro Wrestling. Oh, is that Conrad's thing? Yeah, Conrad and Mickey James and Nick Aldis and some Aussie guy. Yeah. They've got a, a hand in uh in this now. Interesting. Yeah, I um we were discussing this off the air. It's six weeks' notice for myself. The price of Aussie airfares is fucking ridiculous. 
I'm not going to be able to attend this as much as I'd love to for the humans. Uh, yourself, Alex? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I'm honestly, like, I don't even really care about seeing Impact, especially because, like, it's Wagga, so I assume they're not going to be bringing out all their big guns. Yeah, I I'm assume just... it's going to be, like, your mid-carders at best. I'm just looking through this press release here. No names mentioned yet. The ticket, here's the sticking point with the tickets. Like, for myself, I have to pay for flights to even get down to where Alex is. Mm. And then it's a four-day event. So from Thursday day or Thursday afternoon to Sunday night, so we're looking at four to five days of accommodation. And... That's a lot of money because Wagga <laughs> for the caravan park was close to $150 a night. For a fucking caravan park. Yeah. So um, I hope on the one hand this does well, but they also have to realise the cost of living in Australia at the moment, the price of airfare travel for anyone who's thinking of leaving Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane to fly to this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. Tickets haven't even had a cost price announced yet as far as I'm uh, looking on here. It just still says the event date of impact. So the two events here listed on Oceania Pro Wrestling, uh, which we discussed last year when Conrad and Aldous announced this partnership, it says impact down under and Conrad down under. Mm. And there's just not much more there than the, than the initial press release. It's a in partnership with New South Wales government, which originally was going to partner with um, the New Japan for the Oceania Cup. I'm guessing this is going to be Conrad Thompson podcast, so we'll probably have a few of his guys come over, like Eric Bischoff's come over before. Impact, I'd like to see Mike Bailey. I'd like to see a... Um, a Diana Perazzo. Mm. For the price it's going to be to get me there before food and day-to-day um, -day transport of a taxi or Uber and the ticket price themselves for the events. Yeah, I, I can't justify this going in six weeks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, partnership, it says on their website now, their partners are Impact Wrestling, the New South Wales government, the city of Wagga Wagga, and surprisingly, Melbourne City Wrestling. Interesting. So I'm guessing uh, the uh, the Aussie portion of these cards might be filled up with a bunch of uh, MCW people. And well, these events are going to be taped for, for fight, it has been said. For fight, but they're not going to actually do like an episode of Impact, I assume. The way Impact tapes at the moment, they normally do their, their pay-per-view or their Impact Plus or their fight show, say, on the on the Friday. And then on the Saturday, they'll do a bunch of TV tapings. Yeah. So they could tape a bunch of um, TV as well. Uh, so, yes, New Japan pulling out. This is the week after uh, the AEW Forbidden Door show in Canada, Toronto, if I'm remembering correctly. And about two to three weeks before the start of G1 season. 
Yeah, it's a shit time of year for New Japan. So um, here's the thing. If this was always the time of year, why didn't they push to move it? And if it was always going to be this time of year, why'd they agree in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I suppose uh, from the New Japan and the Impact news, um, I suppose we can pivot over to Aussies being on a Impact and Ring of Honor the past week and a bit. Yeah, very true. Uh, very. So we've had both Shasa McKenzie and Jessica Troy in in uh, in action by Impact Plus with uh, footage from the WSW tour. And we oh, had, so it wasn't on actual Impact. It was on the Impact YouTube channel. Right, okay. Which makes me think, hmm, maybe uh, Impact's got an eye on Shazza and Jessica, given that Shazza's stateside and they're both working with uh, Jordan Grace in those matches. Yeah, I would hope so. And uh, over in Ring of Honor, Robbie Eagles has a match against Ring of Honor's world champion, Claudio Castanoli. Really good showing for Robbie. Comes out to In the Afterglow. At a uh, AEW event, this was taped at, so it's in the proper full size arena, not the Impact Zone tapings. Yep. And uh, Steph Delander also having a match. Uh, Steph's match was much shorter, about six minutes. Uh, I did jot down here who she did face. Give me one second. Uh, Steph um, faced Willow. Willow. Yes. <laughs> uh, she did observe the. Uh, the code of honor in the post match, and during their match, <laughs> Caprice is asking Ian Rickabunny if his Ring of Honor figure reads Desmond Wolf on the front. <laughs> uh, um, I also noted, yeah, I didn't think of this before, like it being an odd heel heel match for Robbie Claudio, but Robbie taking the um, smaller man role, being the faster youngster, I guess. And yeah. Robbie would be a good fit for like a, a pure rules match. Yeah, or even sure. teaming with um Mikey and Shane for the Ring of Honor six man, the trios belts. Yeah. Uh from there, jump down to um did you catch Impact this past week? Uh who attacked Santino? Oh, you you sent me a little photo and there was some Fun little Easter eggs in it. Hey, let uh, me pull that up again. So, Dirty Dango's whiteboard, uh, it's got a picture of uh, the former Tyler Breeze, and underneath it, it says Dirty Cop with uh, one of their former fashion tickets. It has the prince and his wife. <laughs> yep. I mean, the timing with that, with the coronation, chef's kiss, it has a photo of Killer Kelly that reads, Admitted Killer. <laughs> Uh, Santino's former tag team partner, uh, the Russian... Vladimir Kozlov. Yes, Kozlov. Is that Tony Chimmel as well? And it says IBS question mark? Yes. There's a photo of the Penguin on here from the Batman movies. Tomko. And it just says, where's the hair? I mean, I'm loving a Tomko reference in 2023. Come on now. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun because it's just impact. What else is impact going to do? Uh, photo here of Mike Tanay as well. Yeah. And uh, there's, for some reason, a packet of cookies on here. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. What's in the fanny pack for um, old uh, Swinger? Yeah. Uh, I- I'm enjoying Impact. I don't talk about it much, but it's fun. It's about an hour to an hour and a half on Impact Plus without commercials. So, yeah, it's good fun. Uh, speaking of uh, TV networks, big debut of Impact this week, or as Tom Heffernan would say, a milestone in Impact's history, as in their main event, Trinity debuted. Wow, I didn't even watch it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame you. Uh, she comes out, she just dances for a bit, and then she says she wants a shot at Diane. Uh, Deonna's title, and Deonna comes out and says, basically, no, you've got to get in line. And that was basically how they went off the air. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll see, see how it goes. Yeah, I saw clips of the promo, and that wasn't very enticing to me. Oh, no, a little bit rough. Um, yeah, a little bit. Speaking of rough, Dark Side of the Ring in trouble with uh, Vice at one point being a $5 billion TV network now looking at bankruptcy. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but... yeah, I'm guessing the same thing that happened at Sinclair. Yeah, poor management, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, So does Vice own stakes in Dark Side of the Ring Tales from the Territory, or is that all controlled by someone outside of Vice and it just airs on Vice? Well, I know that Tales of the Territory were like co-produced by Seven Bucks Productions. Oh, Dwayne. By Big Dwayne-o. <laughs> Dwayne-o. Dwayne-o. Yeah. Yeah. Big old Dwayne John-o. Um, Get him down the cattery. Yes. Have a round of twos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well, well, I was actually coached by a bloke called Dwayne for a while. I think <laughs> you might have been, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah I'll, I'll, old Mooie Johnson, we'll call him now. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I'm not sure if... Dwayne has a stake in the um, Dark Side of the Ring thing too, but I know for a fact, like he like helped produce the Tales from the Territory. Do you think any other, like say the worst happens, Vice goes under? Do you mm-hmm. think there's another TV network out there that would pick this up? Because this would also affect um, Australia's broadcast of Vice with SBS Viceland being in a partnership with Vice TV. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I'm sure there probably is a place for it somewhere. I'm just not sure what network. Perhaps a streaming service. Yeah. I could, I could On say, fight? like, like... Maybe fight, maybe like an Amazon Prime wanting to get in on it. This sort of fits the bill to a lot of stuff I see on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that that's probably yeah. a good call. Something like that, maybe a Netflix. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we were only talking about the new season of Dark Side of the Ring being announced either last week or the week before. It was recent. Yeah. Um. 
I am flying for a bit here because there is a fair bit to talk about this week here. <laughs> so excuse me if we're, what we're talking about is brief and uh, moving on. So I'm just double checking uh, everything here. Uh, AW announces the Owen Cup uh, for this year. The finals will take place at Calgary's uh, TV date. A nice touch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Any early picks for the Owen? Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe you do. Like, Adam Cole going back to back with it. I don't hate that idea. Because I feel like they might have, as much as I'm not the biggest Adam Cole fan, I feel like they're building Adam Cole up to be the guy that dethrones MJF. I don't know if that's the right choice. Uh, I don't know if it is either, but especially because I've watched that All Access thing every week. And oh, yeah, the whole show goes centered around like Adam Cole's big comeback. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and it also like heavily centers around Britt Baker hating Thunder Rosa, which feels like a massive work. Like they're not going to air that on the reality show if they didn't want that to be a thing. Is Thunder Rosa coming back? I think she will. Okay. Um, yeah. I suppose quickly towards AEW, speaking of Canada dates, is AEW counter programming with a uh, dates added for Ottawa and Quebec? Trying to take a bit of that market? Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. Like, it's been done to them a million times. Yeah. Um, where else was I? Okay. Reports of Wembley uh, tickets sold for AEW's All In 2023 are between 60 to 70,000. Everyone's mm. confirming at least 60, which is. Uh, a US gate, uh, sorry, a gate in US dollars of 7.7 million. Wow. Now, have you watched today's Dynamite? Uh, we are recording on a on a Thursday again, humans. Yes, I have. Now, have they updated tickets other than 60,000 on TV today? No, no, they said 60,000 plus. Okay. Because I have seen a... Um, yeah, conflicting reports from uh, various reporters saying anywhere between 60 to 70, a few saying around 65. But, yeah, yeah I haven't seen anything confirmed from AEW over 60 yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you catch their social media uh, video they did um, the day tickets went on the public sale? It was like a Renee doing commentary over how important it'll be, along with cuts to Jamie Hayter and cuts to Soraya. Yep. That's going to be the main event, isn't it? I think so. I think it has to. Like, the more we discussed it, I think it just makes so much sense. I also think there's a possibility we get, like, MJF versus Osprey. I've thought about it a bit longer. I think that could happen, too. Uh, also speaking how you were saying uh, Bill Goldberg's going to book his own retirement, there was reports that he's been contacted to do a show in Jerusalem with Sting. 
oh, these fucking Jerusalem shows pop up all the time because there was like reports like a few years back before Ric Flair did his last match that they wanted him to do a match against. Oh, I can't remember who it was, but it was like some ROH like indie guy that <laughs> they wanted him to have a match with. Ah, uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, what else have I got jotted down here? Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Um, the build for Double or Nothing, I think it's starting to take really good shape about two, two and a half, excuse me, two, two and a half weeks out. Yeah, I still feel like, I don't know if this is the main event for it. Are we like talking this, four pillars? Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like there's been fuck all build for it. Besides yeah. the fact that it's just the four pillars. Yeah, it's, I think um, Tony Khan could have booked this as just the four pillars or even put them out as a um, triple threat number one contenders match and have MJF go down and screw them all and then, like, have Tony Schiavone, who's, like, mouthpiece for Tony Khan most weeks, say, right, Tony Khan's just told me it's going to be a uh, four-way match at double or nothing because of your interference, MJF. Yeah. You could have done that and built to it a lot more. I see... Why want to build that to play off more of the um, dissension between the teammates, which I think has worked well, but not as well as it should for a pay per view main event. And yeah, I also exactly. haven't seen, I haven't seen this week's um edition. Did you catch um? <laughs> did you catch uh? Who was it? Jared and Lethal and Satnam and uh, Satnam. And Sanjay down at um, the Briscoe's farm. I did, yeah. That, that was very good. Uh, look, I know you and Leaf will go way back, but don't trust the idiot in the overalls. Which one? All of them. <laughs> oh, Papa Briscoe. Yeah, um, we love Papa Briscoe. Did you catch... Because I didn't even bother to go to watch Rampage, and I probably will tomorrow just to catch this match because there has been an extended edition released apparently of the the Hardy compound match, whatever it is. Fuck yes, I watched it. Okay, how is it? Um nah. No? It, it it just doesn't have those memorable moments that the previous ones did. They didn't even like fuck around with like the um Fake of reincarnation. Like, you could have done some fun shit with that. No. Yeah, we didn't Terrible. get... Like, there was a few fun things with, like, Stokely getting murdered by Matt Hardy's kids and stuff <laughs> like that, but... And How old is this... Maxwell now? Maxwell... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but Maxwell's, like, got long-ass hair now. <laughs> Yeah, it's the oh, new Max Hardy will be boys. pushing ten by now, I would assume. Um, yeah. What is it? is it? Maxwell and there's oh, Wolfgang. That's it. There's another one too. And doesn't Jeff have girls? Yeah. 
So the Hardy Boys and the Hardy Girls, the next generation. Yeah, my God, there's a lot of them too. Like, there's enough for them to start up their own bloody bloodline. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, no, I can't find it on you. No, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, there's always that talk of, like, oh, he'll be... Uh, he has three sons and a daughter, does Matt. Yeah, okay. There was, there's a fourth one. Shit. <laughs> Good on him. Ah, uh, well. Um, yeah. Uh, and... Hmm. Oh, that's what else. Um, AEW's uh, apparent exclusivity deal with Warner Brothers Discovery for this new upfronts next week or this week. Right. Where they're going to announce uh, AEW Collision. That's why Dark and yeah. Dark Elevation ended. Yeah. So with all of AEW going to, uh, was it cable TV? I guess it is in the States and pay-per-view. Yeah. Should should uh, Ring of Honor now that it's just on Honor Club have Ring of Honor dark like a half hour once a week to put a couple of matches on YouTube? Um, yeah, maybe that that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt him. Yeah, yeah that, that no, that's a good idea. Even just one match a week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think AEW slash Ring of Honor needs more content. Yeah, needs more quality content, not quantity. Um, must we talk of the uh, the brand split? Because lol. Um, now. I suppose I have to talk about uh, was it WWE Backlash? Mm. From San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yeah, all right. So I've got some big takes on this show. Ooh, okay. Uh, Backlash 2023. Uh, we'll go through this first, and then we can uh, sort of close off on the um on the uh, brand split and some other stuff because. There was a lot of news this week, and I wanted to get through that first before this pay-per-view. Okay, we kick off the show with Bianca Belair, the defending Raw Women's Champion, against EO Sky. Um, I do have notes here somewhere. At one point, um, Bianca goes for like a one-armed press slam sort of thing, and EO falls flat on her face, and I'm like, how the fuck was her nose not broken? Mm. You know the spot I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have no idea how she didn't just smash her face open. That was fucked. Um, And this was a match where it's like, oh, my God, Bianca's getting the John Cena treatment. (laughs) And I I don't mean, like, getting bookstrung. Well, she's getting (laughs) bookstrung. But she's getting that treatment from the crowd where it almost feels like they're sick of her. I don't know if this was because they're in a different uh, location than normal and the crowd was just like, we want to cheer EO tonight, so we're going to cheer EO and get behind her 
and instead of cheering for Bianca quietly, we're going to audibly boo her and taunt her. Yeah, it's unreal. Absolutely unreal. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't Bianca's best outing. I don't know if the fact the crowd was behind her got to her or or what exactly, but um, goes 18 minutes here. EO could have won a couple of times. Damage control come out ringside, sort of start to interfere, but it backfires on EO and Bianca gets the win. It, yeah. it was a, a hell of an opener and the right call to open with. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't know if it was the right call to open with because I've got an idea of what they should have done. Okay. But we'll get there later. Uh, match number two on the card was Seth Frickin' Rollins versus Omos with MVP. This went 10 minutes 30. This went way too long for me. How about yourself? Um, yes. To be honest, I sort of like tuned out a little bit in this match. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. A match with no fucking build. Just gets randomly announced. They do one face off on TV, and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. They had three weeks where this match was booked, and the one thing they did was a face off. And then every other week, like Seth Rollins is like doing stuff with the Usos and shit. Yeah, it's absolutely a pointless match. Put it on the pre-show. And it was just to make Seth look good going into Raw, basically. Um, United States triple threat match. Austin Fury defending champ versus Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed with a Vader bomb to the outside to the shoulder of Bobby Lashley. Mm. <laughs> Unreal. I have not seen that before. Yeah, it was really good. Um, Bronny rocking the green and gold, basically, which was good too. Yeah, he was rocking like um, uh, Wrestle Rampage, um, the colours of the Wrestle Rampage Championship, I noted. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really good freeway match. Austin Fury being the, uh, the chicken shit heel here, just sort of trying to pick his moments. Bobby has Bronson down. Austin comes in, puts Bobby out, and uh, pins Bronson there for the win. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was what it needed to be, and it keeps the uh, the US title and the IC title on separate shows. Unfortunately, we did predict that Bronson was in that match to take the pinfall, which sucks, but he did it well. Yeah. Um, the next match. Given the crowd reaction, I think he could have gone off the air with this. Yeah, you don't... Yeah, well, all right, fuck it. Um, This should have been the main event, and what was the main event, I think, should have opened the show. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. So this is Rhea Ripley, your defending SmackDown Women's Champion against... Oh, no, 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 not this match. Sorry, not this match being the main event, the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me confused <laughs> when you said crowd reaction. I for- honestly forgot this match happened. 
get out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Zelina was a fucking star in this, and but and she got the amazing treatment from the crowd as expected. But this was a bit of a squash. Zelina got time to shine in it, but ultimately murdered by Mummy. Yes, ultimately murdered by. His... Now, did you notice what the commentary said as the bell rang to begin this match and Zelina was crying? Oh, this is where I had... So, in my Time Warp adventures, I watched the 1997 pay-per-view WWF One Night Only, where the main event was the British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels for the European title, where British Bulldog dedicated the main event, the match, to his sister who was dying from cancer. And and he lost. Yep. This was the same sort of vibe. I thought, oh, fuck, they're actually going to pull the trigger here. Now they're bringing that up, and she's in Puerto Rico. They're actually going to pull the trigger and have her, like, squeak out a win on Rhea. It's not Bianca's long title reign, so that doesn't matter too much. And then they can figure out some way of bouncing the Raw title back after Money in the Bank or something. I don't know. Yeah. I thought as soon as they mentioned that she's wrestling here tonight and dedicating this win to her father who passed away in the September 11th attacks in New York in 2001, I've gone, oh, wow. They don't bring that up just out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it was an odd choice, but maybe they mentioned it to sort of throw people off. Yeah, still still an odd thing to throw people off. Um, yeah. Rhea coming out, walking a bit different. Like, she didn't do a big stomp, she just unbuckled her belt, held it out, and then just sort of walked to the ring a bit casually. Yeah, it was almost like um, Cena and yeah like i'll just get in there i know everyone's gonna hate me tonight yep um yeah really good match Rhea just goes fuck this i've had enough and just yeah big riptide one two three selena loses yeah it it was hard not to have misty eyes during selena's entrance don't get me wrong on that because yeah that was really nice and, like, Rhea wins, she gets her belt, she rolls out, she goes up the uh, the rampway area backstage, and they just cut back to Zelina, and the whole crowd's just chanting for her in Spanish, and yeah. as they uh, cut to uh, a Peacock commercial. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was at this point where I was like, holy shit, this might be one of the best crowds that the WWE's been in front of in years. Yeah, funny how you starve a, a wrestling fan base for like 15 years and then all of a sudden you give them a show and they're red hot. Yeah. Yeah, same same as us, same as the Brits. Exactly. I, I mean, there's an argument for the WWE to stop doing pay-per-views or PLEs in America and just only do them internationally. Yeah, yeah, there'd, there'd be an argument for that too. Um, 
following that, match number five of the night, Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny in a Sun One street fight. I didn't realise how long this match went until I'm looking at the time now, but it flew by. Is a match of the year contender for me. Yeah, it's definitely on the short list. Um, also, uh, as soon as um, Bad Bunny's music hit and the crowd is singing, I instantly heard Mick Foley go, they're singing his song. <laughs> I mean, name another wrestler where that happens. Yeah, I mean... There, In a big a match. Couple, but yeah, this was genuine like mega star. Yeah, Dude, like, this guy was at the Met Gala a weeks ago, where all the like A list celebs are featured in. Like he the was Miz. There. Yeah, not not the Miz, <laughs> not the Miz, and like yeah, and they mentioned like he headlined both nights at Coachella, the fucking biggest music festival in the world, as much as I think that. That whole festival isn't for me. It's still fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's insane that almost the equivalent of like 1990. Fucking they brought they brought in Michael Jackson for a match. It's almost yeah. that level. Or like, oh, in the 80s, they bring in Bruce Springsteen to wrestle fucking, I don't know, Rick Rude or some shit. Yeah. Who would be the current Aussie equivalent of that? Because I noticed... Yeah. The Aussie equivalent? Like, nowadays or, like, all time? Let's go nowadays. Okay, let's go all time. Uh, see, like, I don't keep up with modern music enough nowadays. Who's fucking... The Kid Leroy? I know they're Aussie. Um, fucking Keith Urban. Also true. Um, uh, that's a Kiwi, isn't it? Who? Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am I Lord. Am Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they can't wait. Um, oh, who's, who's that chick? Sia? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sia's pretty big in the US at the moment. Yeah. She, she handed out bloody awards for people in Survivor, remember? Yeah, she gave Ty a donation to whatever charity he wanted because he refused to kill the chicken on his season. Yeah, yeah. It was like 200 grand or something. Yeah, I think he got some and then she gave the rest to some animal charity in his name. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, of of all time, Aussies. John Farnham. Okay, (laughs) yes. Um... Uh, Barnsey, Jimmy Barnes, K-San. We've got to think, like, Australian legends, but we've got to think globally, too. So, Mm. and even in music, like in wrestling, in music, our best 
of the world are the, are the women. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. I got one for you. Instead of a, instead of a solos match, let's have a tag match, and we're going to have a couple of brothers come out. The Young Rockers from ACDC. Young Rockers versus the Rockers. Make it happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, young brothers. Um, <laughs> like, it'd be the equivalent of, like, uh, when was she at her hottest? So, like, Kylie Minogue versus Alondra Blaze. Early 90s, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Sherry. Sherry, actually. Yeah, Sherry versus Kylie. Make it happen. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jeez. Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck her in there. I mean, technically, Elton John's played in Rutherglen, so uh, let's just claim him. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, fuck. This match amazing and then we get to the cameos so yeah quickly before we get to the cameos bad bunny's entrance might be the greatest wrestling entrance of all time with minimal smoke and mirrors top three for me yeah it's like up there for considering it didn't have like it had pyro and shit but it didn't have like super amounts of like production to it it was just the crowd made it number one for me is always going to be sandman one night stand the actual live feed version not the crappy wwe network version yeah not yeah not that um anything else to add on this match uh cameos um The legend, Safio Vega. Fuck. What I've been watching in my spare time. I might have been the only fucking person in the world that recognised that theme song before the name showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah, I was like, holy fuck. It's not even his, like, mid-90s New Generation theme song, which I thought they would have preferred to have used, because that's arguably when he was booked better. No, it's his fucking Lost Bariquas theme song, where he was just losing every week. And I will tell you, shadow of a doubt, my watching of 97, 98 WWF, this is the largest crowd reaction that that theme song ever received. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. It, it, was, it was good to see him, but also a spin in the face of people who aren't cool. And you would think fucking 98 Stone Cold was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you like would that think reaction. that Carlos Colon had come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This was fucking huge man and my god and he looks amazing like he did a few a couple of years ago at the rumble which unfortunately was a thunderdome rumble so he didn't get the proper crowd reaction that he deserved yeah 
This time he got it, and he got it in spades. My God, thing, this was so good. The only thing we were missing here was the Shining Stars. For years they were telling us to go visit Puerto Rico. Remember Primo and Epico Cologne? Yes, I do remember the Shining Stars, and no, we weren't missing them. Um, that's like saying, oh, we got Savio Vega, but we didn't get Jose and Miguel from Los Bariquas. Come on. We got we got uh, Carlito, but we didn't get Primo Epico or Rosa Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at it, where's El Torito since we're talking about Primo and Epico? Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Out of Primo, Epico and El Torito, who had the best, <laughs> most memorable match? It was El Torito. Is that the Wii LC against Swoggle? Yeah, 100%. It's <laughs> one of the best fucking matches of all time. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It's so good. What um, does Swoggle say about it? Like, he knows that that's his fucking... That's his fucking centerpiece of his career. Like, he knows that that's the best thing he did, bell to bell. Oh, I suppose speaking of... Is Swoggle, Myers, and Cardona still with Impact? Um, Meyer is. Brian Myers is. Cardona's sort of like all over the place at the moment and not really at Impact, but I guess you never know where he's going to show up. Yeah. Um, and Swoggle, I think, is like semi-retired now. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, um but back to this amazing fucking match. Like, just the, the crowd makes it, but you get so many nice little Easter eggs here and there. And as we're getting to the finish of this match, this is where I was fucking screaming at Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Like, come on, you guys should have fucking done your research for this. Do you know what the significance was of Bad Bunny putting Damien Priest in the figure four? No. Well, I fucking know, and Michael Cole should have fucking done his research, or someone should have told him. That was Carlos Colon's finisher. That's why the crowd went so fucking nuts for it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cole. Why yeah, they, did no one in his ear tell him? Yeah, and like Bad Bunny didn't do it because of what Michael Cole said. Ric Flair wrestled in Puerto Rico many times. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, well. Who knows? Maybe they didn't want to mention Carlos Cologne because, you know, Ish. dark side of the ring, but. But then again, what would be the logic in them not mentioning someone that came across like a fucking evil bastard on Dark Side of the Ring like Carlos Cologne, but then mentioning someone that came across as an evil fucking bastard on Dark Side of the Ring like Ric Flair? Also true. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing Carlos Cologne is the Bruiser Brody episode? Yes. Okay. I just wasn't sure if there was a, another one there I was missing or not. 
Yeah, um, no, it was the yeah. That was the first episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Isn't that the one that's commentated by like Foley? It's yeah. the pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surprised, like I'm just looking now. Carlos Cologne is still alive. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't show him in the crowd at any stage. Maybe he just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Also true. But you know like how sometimes they like to, to do that. Yeah, for sure. They did it with um was it Adrian Street when they went to the clash in the castle? Yeah, I actually popped hard for that. <laughs> I know, you've got a signed figure. Yeah, I know. Um match number six. <laughs> match number six of the uh, evening, going 22 minutes, saw the Bloodline, Solo Sakello, Jimmy Uso, and Jay Uso defeating Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn by pinfall. This, to me, was just sort of a, a nothing happening match. This was who gives a fuck for 500, Alex. Like, this, <laughs> like, this was like, oh, fuck, we've seen this whole shtick a million times we've seen Jey Uso scream you try to tear my family apart a million times like we're, we're done with this man if this was just Riddle and Solo I think this would have come off a lot better yeah for sure for sure it, it was fine bloodline wins okay let's move over to our separate shows now or will we yeah. we'll get to the draft afterwards uh, main event of the evening Alex already touched on this briefly. It is Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar going 9 minutes 40. I mean, to me, this, I get why they put this as the main event. It's your big star versus like former world champion, the, um, the big monster at the moment. I get why they put this here. It didn't feel like a main event once the bell rang. It felt like a lot of stalling when we got in the ring and Brock busted himself open hard way and then that sort of clearly things over. Too. Mm. Yeah. And then, oh, apparently some security was told to go in the crowd and get the, uh, the turnbuckle pad off one of the fans. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, good luck to the security who Somehow didn't get uh, thrown out of the building for trying to take that off a off a fan. Oh, yeah, fucking yeah! If I caught that thing, yeah, straight down in the undies. You're not getting it back. Yeah, <laughs> straight between the butt cheeks. <laughs> um, this this to me wasn't a good match, and it been ends with Brock's got Cody in the Kimura. And Cody rolls Brock over, pins his shoulders, rolls out of the ring, scurries up the rampway. The camera cuts to him, and he's going behind the curtain, and Brock's there arguing with the ref that was two, and that's how we go off the air. That sucked as a main event. Absolutely unreal. Um, You could have main evented with uh, either of... As Sorry, much as, I didn't hate it as much as you did. Yeah, well, you, yeah, there's a bit of bias there. Um, but yeah, it, it, I hated the finish. I did not like the finish. Yeah, um, 
to me, going off on the air with this, especially after the Bloodline match and the Bloodline match going for so long and it just feeling like a drag. We could have cut off the pay-per-view after the Zelina match, after the Bad Bunny match, and we would have been fine. Yep. Yeah. Um, for me, beers. I'm going to say three, and that is heavily carried by Bad Bunny and Zelina and Eo. And Bronson as well. I'll give this show four and a half just because of the crowd. I think this is an all-time crowd. This is a... By the way, this marks Brock Lesnar wrestling at every single PLE this year. Wow. He wrestled at every single one. Roman Reigns hasn't. <laughs> Who's a real part-timer? Exactly. Remember when like, Roman was like, oh, I'm going to take the title off the part-timer? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brock Lesnar's on a fucking worker's schedule at the moment. He's wrestled more than than fucking Roman. He's wrestled more than Edge by hate. <laughs> Although Edge is wrestling on SmackDown this week, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Raw from Jacksonville. Trandolin in my soul. Jacksonville, it's Cody Rhodes. Uh, did the NWI sponsor the highlight package because they don't show the blood? They just go to yeah. black and white. Uh, so this tournament, where are we here? Uh, Left-hand side of the bracket, the raw bracket. We see in match one, Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes and The Miz in your first triple threat. Then in Match two, we see Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rickon Rollins, and Damian Priest. Uh, the two winners of that advance to a singles match later tonight. I hate this because we've got two, three weeks before the pay-per-view. Have we? Yeah. We've got two weeks before the pay-per-view. It's, is it the same weekend as um, Double or Nothing? It I don't is. think so, is it? I think it is. Give me a sec. I agree. Wrestling, I'm just bringing it up now. Um, and then we go to May. Jeez, we're already five months into the year. Uh, 27th is Night of Champions. 28th is... New Japan Best of the Super Junior Finals, AEW's Double or Nothing, and NXT's Battleground. Fucking hell. Also that weekend on the Friday, you've got Impact Under Siege from Toronto, Canada. Uh, Sorry, London, Ontario. (coughs) And you've got Stardom's Flashing Champions. Fucking Uh, hell. Yeah, uh, big, big weekend there for the wrestling fans. So, yeah. It has been quiet lately. I'll give them that. So, yeah, <laughs> we've been due for this. Yeah. Uh, we could have had the singles match next week, you know, build up a bit of um, importance in winning these two triple threats. Yeah. But, no, we're going to do it all in one week and then have the guy cut a promo, I guess, next week to 
somebody who's not even on this brand as this Raw exclusive title is also for SmackDown wrestlers. I when, mean, go on. I mean, if the explanation is if a SmackDown wrestler wins it, they're now on Raw. I'm okay with it, but this is completely just it makes no sense. Well, also by that token, shouldn't Rhea Ripley be on SmackDown because she's holding the SmackDown Women's Title? Exactly. And Bianca be on Raw? That's where it's gotten all fucky. And, uh, yeah, and Paul Heyman cut a promo two-ish weeks ago saying that Roman Reigns wants this title, but because he's been drafted to SmackDown, he can't compete for this title. And then... Six SmackDown wrestlers are competing, including your US champion. Uh, here's me thinking, hmm, maybe Austin and Bobby Lashley will get a, a singles match program going into Night of Champions. No, well, let's just put those two in another triple threat match for this world title on SmackDown, but instead we'll replace Bronson with Sheamus. This company, man, this company. So you've noticed a, a change from from SummerSlam last year to WrestleMania. This company was firing all, all cylinders. To me, it was actually really good and compelling yeah. to watch and started to do a lot of good stuff. And then since WrestleMania, <laughs> we've sort of uh, gone down the slope again. Yep. Um, but to be fair, that happens every year. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how this bounces back. Uh, so, yeah, to read through properly here, the SmackDown side of the tournament: AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. Second triple threat for SmackDown: Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. Uh, so, on the Raw side of the bracket, the two winners were Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, and then Seth defeated Finn to advance to Night of Champions for Raw. Who do you see coming out of this SmackDown side of the brackets? Um, I think we're going to get a Seth AJ final. That's why I was thinking too. I'm like, have Seth and AJ had a big time match before? The, the, they have, and it sucked. I remember that. I can't remember where it happened, but they did have a pay-per-view match, and it sucked. Also, what is a match that the King would enjoy? Because you got to remember, this is in Saudi Arabia. Uh, actually, we could say fucking Edge and fucking Seth. Yeah. I, I don't um, think it's anyone advancing from the bottom half of this SmackDown bracket. <laughs> You're just there to make up the numbers, pal. Yeah, I mean, possibly Bobby. Yeah, I think Bobby's going to advance out of out of that side of the bracket, and then what's that side? That's like Sheamus and who? Sheamus, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Yeah. Yeah. I can see a gimmick where um, Sheamus takes out Austin Theory, but Sheamus gets pinned by Bobby. And then they build, like, Sheamus versus Theory for the US title. Yeah. Uh, and then AJ versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. 
I want it to be AJ. I think it'll be Edge. Yeah, I can say that. There's an argument for Ray, to be honest. He's yeah. pretty hot right now. Um, so, all night on Raw, they're building up how prestigious this title is. And during the uh, triple threat with Miz and Cody and Finn, Brock returns and lays out Cody through the announcer's table. And Finn does the coup de grace and pins Miz to advance. But the rest of the night, they're not talking up how much the title is like important well they are but not as much as it's important that cody got attacked by brock lesnar yeah this feels like a complete yeah cody is the title sure this feels like a overshadowed by cody and brock uh let's see what else do i have no down here oh the way is that short for what's the way to catering yeah, pretty much though. It's very accurate. Um, don't think Indy will be wrestling anytime soon if her foot's still banged up. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Like, I sent you a clip of um, what Alvarez was saying, and it's pretty much what everyone else has been uh, saying online. Why is there no uniform rules to what they're doing with their titles? And you made the right call on last week's show, which you can go back and listen to. Why aren't the women's titles world titles and universal titles? And that's pretty much what Alvarez said on his show. And it's like, yeah, why does Indy have to vacate her NXT title? I guess, yes, there's a precedence of this before with Paige having to do it when JBL was NXT manager. But also... There's also been precedence of, like, like Kevin Owens going on to the main roster and wrestling on the main roster for months as the NXT champion. Charlotte Flair as NXT Women's Champion. Yeah. And in this same draft, your NXT Women's Tag Team Champions are staying on SmackDown, but it was announced on Raw that the Women's Tag Team titles, the WWE Women's Tag Team titles that were drafted to Raw, are going to have a match on SmackDown and defend the titles on SmackDown. What? This company, man, makes no sense. They uh, make no fucking sense. How happy do you think uh, Paul was that he had to mention Guardians of the Galaxy now that Drax is number one in the box office? Oh, man. <laughs> well, it's it's the same company that, like, reportedly said, like, many dirt sheets have reported that they were expecting Batista to come back after a failed Hollywood career. <laughs> and they had the same thing with The Rock. They thought The Rock would fail. So, but now that they're not failing, we'll fucking milk this shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's stupid. This, this brand split, we are on day one, okay, of Raw. Starts the Raw after backlash. And already we have <laughs> announced, like, with in a few hours in a, into the show, um, who is it? Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville are walking around backstage getting signatures, and they eventually run into the women's tag champs, which is Liv and Raquel for some reason. Hmm. And they're basically like, oh, you want a match? Okay, we'll sign. Oh, but we're also having a match this Friday on SmackDown. 
But then what's the point of having the women's tag team champions of NXT still have their top? Alex, I'm so confused. I'm trying yeah, to make this yeah. logical. I don't understand. Uh, no, there isn't any thought that's been put into it. That's why. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's horrible. But there is the one good thing about this brand split, and that is that Jinder Mahal, Sanger, and Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. They're doing fucking Veer is coming vignettes all over again. Uh, yes, it'll be very, very odd to see what ends up happening there. Um, um, yeah, uh, I, I do feel like been, well, they haven't fully happened yet, but the people they have called up, I don't have that much interest in. Uh, Indy's injured. Grayson, well, I guess we'll see how SmackDown plays out. Yeah, I, I care about those two, obviously. But yeah. like Zoe Stark, I, I'm. Oh yeah, never... Zoe Stark's had a match, and I'm just like, I don't think you're ready. <sighs> Thing is, she's probably one of the best in ring women in NXT, but that doesn't mean shit. In ring, she seems fine. It's not There's the in ring no I'm worried character. about. Yeah, the character and the promo for the character. Yep. Uh, so just before we finish up here, because Alex has to uh, head off soon, sporting his uh his new Bugs beanie. I'm wearing it right uh, now. So I'm checking Impact's um, announced dates. So this will fall bet- uh, for this Wagga event, which is dubbed uh, Winter Down Under, or that's at least the working title they have at the moment for it. Uh, so creative, Impact. It says, Impact, annan- Impact Wrestling announces two shows this summer in Australia, brackets, winter, comma, down under, and brackets. Uh, Thursday, June 29th, uh, da, 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 going through to the Saturday, July 1st. Okay, so that'll put them... Uh, Three weeks after Against All Odds from Columbus, Ohio, in terms of the impact calendar, and about three weeks before Slammiversary in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. A lot of pay-per-views seem to be taking place in Canada soon. We've got Forbidden Door the month after Slammiversary. I mean, we had fucking Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Summer Slams around that part of the world, near the Great Lakes, isn't it? Michigan, Detroit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Impact is doing a lot of stuff in Canada. Now they're back on the road out of that Nashville taping yeah. area. Good. Yeah. Good. Like, we... Look back at the like WWE pay-per-views, PLEs, whatever. The best crowds we've had is when they've gotten out of America, where, where it's Puerto Rico, well, out of Maine, Wales, in America, fucking Wales, Montreal. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean the 
there's that other country that they go to and the crowd's not that great, but that's an exception, not the rule. Um, did you see the news of New Japan's new title they're introducing? Oh, get fucked. No <laughs> way. No. Yes. Yes, another another championship. The Strong Women's Championships. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Basically, no. I, I thought, oh, okay, we're going to have the fucking never fucking eight-man tag titles. No, this isn't DDT with their whatever it is, 10-man tag team belts. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, uh, so it says there's going to be two semi-final matches at Resurgence, uh, which is a New Japan pay-per-view from Walter Pyramid, May 21st, so about two weeks. Okay, Resurgence pay-per-view. I'm just having a quick look here. Okay, in the bottom half of the bracket, we have Como uh, Kogo. K-O-H-G-O, apologies for mispronunciation there, of Japan, taking on AEW's Willow. And in the top half of the bracket from CMLL, Stephanie Valkura, V-A-Q-U-E-R, and apologies there as well for mispronunciation, taking on New Japan's Mercedes Monet. Interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know who my money's on to uh to win this tournament. Yeah, I think I know who your money's on too. <laughs> oh man. It's it's been another fun week, my uh my friend. Is there anything else at all uh you wanna touch on before we uh we finish up for the week? Let's do the time warp again. Um okay, so <clears throat> I pretty much only watch old wrestling in my spare time at the moment. So I don't watch anything else now because I'm <laughs> that invested. I was originally going to stop after WrestleMania 14. And? I was like, I just, but that's when the TV started getting really fucking good. I was like, oh, I can't stop here. It's actually really fun to watch. But now... King of the Ring 98. Ooh. Uh, and goes untalked about this enough. Taken versus Mankind was announced on the Go Home show. What was it? Taker versus Mankind at King of the Ring 98, the Hell in a Cell match, was announced on the Go Home show. Really? Like, yeah, they had a lot of history in previous feuds. Trust me, I've watched them all now. Because, <laughs> um, like, from where I started watching was around the time that Mankind debuted. It was just before. So I've seen it all. Yeah. There was, like, fuck all of a build-up to the, that Hell in a Cell match. It was... Undertaker fucking attacked Paul Bearer one week, and then the next week, Mankind challenges him to a Hell in a Cell match, and that's the go-home show. Yeah. Um, also, there was a segment 
where DX get in, individually introduced into the ring. Sounds odd. Like, which was odd, but it was a really interesting showcase of who was the most over in the group by the crowd reaction, because now they've turned face. Was they've it done, my boy? They've done the invasion shit, all that sort of stuff. So from most over to least over, here is like what I heard with the sound. Okay. China, most over. A hundred percent most over. Yeah. Like I'd there's agree no with doubt that. about that. China over as fuck. Second what year most is over? this? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay, okay. DX have just turned babyface. Just turned. <laughs> um over? Strap yourself in for this road dog. Yeah, well, 100%. he does the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all yeah. ages. He does all that yeah. stick. Yeah, third most over, fourth most over, Triple H, and then Billy Gunn got barely anything. Who was third most over? You cut out there for a moment. Ah. That was X-Pac. Yeah. <laughs> like, Triple H was, like, the second least over <laughs> member. Can you blame him, though? Yeah. Because, like, X-Pac was over as fuck because he, like, showed up the Raw After Mania and started, like, doing shoot promos on Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan and shit. <laughs> fuck and it, at bro. that point in time, he was talking about the more popular company. So, <laughs> so that got him over. Uh, and like, and here's an argument for why your boy is the best boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there seems to be a direct correlation of who's winning the Monday Night War depending on where Sean Waltman is. I told you, he's a needle mover. Nobody else wanted to believe me. <laughs> but it's interesting, yeah. Billy Gunn's probably the least over. And yeah. But if you were to rank DX on in-ring ability, I'm probably ranking Billy Gunn first, Triple H second, X-Pac third, Road Dog fourth, and China fifth. And that order is the reverse order of who was the most over. So does in-ring ability mean anything in getting over? No. In 98, it didn't, anyway. Um... um. Today, I'd argue it doesn't as well. It, it, I, it, I mean, did MJF get over on his in-ring? No, his in-ring was a bonus. Yeah. It does, also does depends. Roman Reigns become the top heel in the company because of his in-ring? No, it's because of the character. It also depends um, where what um, promotion you're in. If you're in somewhere like a, a New Japan, uh, a Noah yeah, you're probably going to need to rely a lot on your in-ring to get over. If you're yeah. somewhere like WWE uh, Impact, your character can get you over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I suppose, anything else, my friend? From uh, the time, no. I think. No. Um, like, the Brawl for All tournaments just started. So oh. we're having fun there. Al Snow's just showed up with head. Wait, wait, wait. Has um, JR's pick for the first round already got knocked on his ass? No, not yet. Not yet. He ha he hasn't even debuted yet. 
I know that's the worst part. Yeah. In hindsight, that's the worst part. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't happened yet. Um, Edge has just debuted. So Val Venus has just debuted. So yeah, we're getting real attitude error now. Um, Does yeah. Val debut in his, uh, I guess, entertainer Garrett um, character? Yes. Yes, hundred percent. So <laughs> currently, can you that- believe our parents? Let us watch that at like age nine. Yeah, unreal, right? <laughs> um, yeah, fucking unreal. But like most of it went over our heads anyway. <laughs> well, we until the get... uh, touching the uh, the manager's wife. Yeah, the which choppy, is choppy. Where, which is where I'm up to now. <laughs> this has just had a confrontation with Mr. Yamaguchi's sons, which, by the way. They call him Mr. Yamaguchi-san, which means Mr. Yamaguchi, Mr. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, anyway, Mr. Yamaguchi-san's wife has just showed up, so we're, we're kicking off the Choppy Choppy Your Pee story. Um, yeah. For, for who's a, supposed yeah. to be the baby face in that? <laughs> well, I... Technically, Val is, but come on, Yamaguchi was right. Um, <laughs> especially because he didn't actually end up doing it. From my, yeah. my memory, memory, I think the explanation as to how Val got out of it was shrinkage. <laughs> That's what they said from my memory. Anyway, uh. like when Kai and Tai first debut and they're like attacking Taka Michinoku at first. Yeah. They were called the Kamikaze Club. Oh. I forgot about that until you soon. And JR said this one quote that stood in my mind. These Orientals are attacking Tucker. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And there's uh, been a lot of uh, Jerry Lawler making fun of Tucker's eyesight jokes. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, has so, Tucker been flattened out of the Rumble yet, or is that next year? No, no, I think that's like... I think I've still got like two more Rumbles to go. I think that's Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, that's yeah. Rumble 2000. I've got a long way to go for that. Who, I who don't know. would have ever thought out of all those guys in that rumble, like Tucker's one of only the few still wrestling? Yeah. He wasn't even in that match. He just, what? They did a run in and he got eliminated. Really? Yeah. The whole thing was that Kind Time pissed off they weren't in the rumble match, so they kept doing run ins like every five entrants. Oh. Okay. That, like Tucker got like eliminated like three, two or three times, and then later on in the match, can't I go to do another run in? But Tucker doesn't come out. It's just Fanaki. So I'm having because, a look at the yeah. Go on. Because Tucker got absolutely murdered. <laughs> so I'm having a look here at the um, official entrance of those still wrestling today. You have Christian, who's with AEW. You yeah. have... Who's a semi-manager now, let's be real. Uh, Gangrel, who I guess does occasional indies. 
Like barely, yeah. Edge, who's with um, WWE. That's definitely not an asterisk. He wrestles, for sure. Chris Jericho, who's with AEW. Yep. Um, Al Snow? uh, He's more of a trainer now. Yeah. Uh, Val Venus has his uh, 420 business. (laughs) Uh, Albert is the Performance Center trainer. Yep. Billy Gunn is main eventing Dynamites. Of course he is. Paul White is uh, good friends with Tony Schiavone. (laughs) Uh, There's the mayor of Knox County in here and uh, X-Pac, who still wrestles on the indies. Unreal. So you have Christian, Edge, Jericho, um, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, and, yeah, whoever from Kintai with uh, Tucker were doing those run-ins who might still wrestle. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. It's unreal. Anyway, humans, I've got my heart out. I've got to start getting ready. But it's been lovely <laughs> to catch up. Um, once again, absolutely blown away by this beanie. I'll be wearing it with pride tonight. I don't care if it needs to get washed. Fuck it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll be wearing it with pride tonight. Um, yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. Oh, you find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty's Alex. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. And you can find Chris at... at I'm Chris Funderall. Go and watch me on Twitch twice a week. Wednesdays, Thursdays, 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Twitch.tv forward slash Chris Funder. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn or using the RSS feed for the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day. We'll speak to you next time. finish with a couple of quick age facts from 98 um i, I did message you this jerry oh, yes, briscoe, yes. jerry briscoe in 98 same age as chris jericho in 2023 and i don't know if you recall the new age outlaws had a feud with the lod because and the 
New Age Outlaws kept talking about how old the Legion of Doom are. Yeah. Animal, Animal in 1998 is the same age as Cody Rhodes now. <laughs> Could you imagine? Was there a transitional champion in 98? Uh, well, I just watched a one-day Kane title reign. Imagine if Vince went, <clears throat> who have we got? Kane? No. Let's put the title on. Yeah, old Briscoe. For one day. Oh, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't <laughs> shock me. 